Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Weird World Podcast. Hi. <laughs> Jack's hitting puberty. I'm Carrie. Oh, I'm Jack. I'm Dean. I'm Dean's. This is actually a weird bit. Yes, it, it is. is an addition yes. of a weird bit. <laughs> Stop it. They always make fun of me. No, I'm actually not making fun of you. I'm making fun of mom being so uh, mad at that because that makes yeah. no sense. That, yeah. She does get very angry. I don't like that. No, it's not what this is. Okay. It is. It's a podcast, not a periodical. Oh, girl. She's, I, I don't, I, she's, <laughs> she's very adamant <laughs> yeah. about this. Yeah. Okay. Well, then it's an episode, Care. Yeah, it is. All right. Tell us about something weird. It's, it is weird, but not weird in any traditional sense. It's weird in hindsight, I guess. Let's, let's talk about it. Our subject is a person named Robert Pakington. I'm hope I'm, I'm hoping, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's P A K I N G T O N. Pakington? There's yeah. no C there. Pakington so. or Packington. Or Packington. That's why I don't think it's Packington because there's no C there. It's just P A K. Yeah. Packington. Let's go with Packington. Hmm. Sure. He, Mr. P. Mr. P. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> He's born around 1489, they think. Whoa. So we're going way back. That's wow. too far back. I don't even know them. <laughs> no, you know what? No one does. But he was born in a West Midlands town called Stanforn in Team. So Stanforn <laughs> okay. dash in dash T E M E. England has a lot that. of those weird village names. That, yeah, Stratford upon Avon. Yeah, that's and actually. All of those. But Stanforn in Team. I don't <laughs> know what those, those no, words mean. In, that's weird. Maybe back then they meant. Oh, I'm sure they meant different something. things. You know, the old people, the English, <laughs> the old ways. It was near the Welsh border. Oh, that is so northerly. It. Although it was still in England, <laughs> I don't think it's Welsh. So now that'd be eleven L's and a yeah, double yeah. W's if it's Welsh. Yeah, go 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 go. That one town. That one. No, you know that one, the longest town name ever. Yeah, I do. It's and they're just doing it out of just to be dicks, in my opinion. It's like the Hawaiian word that has. You mean huma huma nuka nuka apua'a? Oh my god! The state fish. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly easy to pronounce. No, it's not. I still I can't just do did it. it. You can do it seven times. I won't be able to repeat it. Just, well, that's and your there's fault. like and and twenty one of the twenty three letters are vowels. Just that's wrong. That makes so, it easier. Uh, anyway, you just sound like you're stuttering. <laughs> so, the family, the Pakingtons, had a long, genteel history. They had been from you know the upper class there, but his mom, Elizabeth Washborn was an heiress, so she bought some more cash to the marriage with Robert's dad, something I still regret not thinking about before I got married. Like, is this... Is, I should have married... I'm just saying. <laughs> Present company excluded. I'm just saying that that would have been a good plan. Wait, what? Anyway. <laughs> Sir. Because you brought so much to the marriage. I brought Ooh. charm and... Are you saying I'm not, I wasn't charming? Damn it, I should stop talking. <laughs> yeah, you're digging... <laughs> Digging oh oh oh. So the Elizabeth and husband, I can't remember his name, had four <laughs> sons. I love that though. Yeah, that the turntable. Yeah, John, Humphrey, Robert, and Augustine. <laughs> they also had three daughters: Joyce, Eleanor, and Marjorie. Eleanor, Joyce. You, you have Whoa. Joyce. That <laughs> you doesn't. Joyce. That doesn't sound like a 1400s no, kind really of name. Oh yeah, no, that's right. true. That's a 1970s name. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of is. I'm waiting for Katie. <laughs> His sister, Marjorie and Courtney. Katrina. Courtney. <laughs> Courtney. 
Money. They spend a lot of money. They get the kids educated. They sought to have influence in the court and things like that. You know, trying to you know make make a life for them. Sure. It's the old way of paying for college. Can you tell me who was the king at the time or the queen? When our story takes place, it'll be King Henry VIII, as a matter of fact, but it's not yet. King Henry VIII okay. took over, like, what, 15, 20-ish? Bitch. Yeah, not, I, I don't know. know. You asked the wrong one. No, Carrie should, she has to have watched something on BBC or something that, you know, has up the historical You're the history buff. Trend. I know all about his wives, but I don't remember the years. Something like that. Justice for Anne Boleyn. Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> so, the John, the eldest son, so Robert's older brother, he, in fact, would go on to become a lawyer and would serve in the court, rising so high, it is said, that King Henry VIII allowed him to wear a hat in his presence. And oh. that was like special permission. It was a big deal. I like you. You may keep your hat on, sir. That kind of thing. weird. Like a high school teacher. Kind of. Robert being younger, he was sent away in an apprenticeship, which was common even for upper crust families to do. It, uh, they would often strategically choose sort of what field they go into. You know, sometimes it would be the military, the cleric, clerical field, you know, it, fields of influence. Mm-hmm. In this case, he became an apprentice to uh, someone who worked for the Mercer's Company in London, which was a fabric and cloth clothing, a textile company, which was, we forget, wool especially was the backbone of the English economy. It was fabulously profitable because it was considered the best cloth in Europe. And I mean, they dealt in other fabrics like silk and velvet, but wool was was the staple. It It wasn't merino wool. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know anything about wool. Isn't I know a little of it. Spain? Other than that, it was I a big deal. And he, he worked, Mercer was part of the fabric guild, of a, of a guild at the time. Ooh. Actually, I, I believe, I take that back. The Mercer company itself, I believe, was a guild. That So your different people worked there in families, and they kind of, it was like a cross between a union, it said, and a kind of a secret society almost. They took care of each right. other. They had secrets. They had connections. They'd even they'd put on events, and, and like unions sometimes do or histor- historically or do in their best form, they would kind of take care of you when things got down for you. So he was doing very, very well. He was a very successful fabric merchant in this guild, and he was living in London. Good for Robert. Yeah, he's doing all right. Work. The uh, In fact, he had risen to the rank of warden in 1527 and 1528. No idea what that means. Yeah. Apparently, it's a pretty big deal. It's all a prison. No, I don't think it was that kind of a warden, but it was a, a good thing. Though, guilds at this time, many of them had religious links. There some church or, or chapel or, or whatnot, which, though, in that time, everything was, was yeah. religious. But as you might recall... King Henry was having a problem with the Catholic Church. I was going to say, yeah, ain't this around the time of mm-hmm. turmoil within the church? Yes. He wanted that well, nice, sweet divorce. Was that always turmoil? I was going to say, church. yeah, when was there not? Yeah, this but, motherfucker. You don't remember, but right, you, you must him. have seen some show about that, right? Where he's going to divorce his wife, Catherine of yes. Aragon. Is that right? Do I yeah, right? I believe so. And because she couldn't bear him a child, so you're out. I want a son. I need an heir. Ironically, he'd wind up the person who'd succeed him eventually would it be his daughter but mm-hmm. still he shows you yeah henry but there's also this time a rise in anti-clericalism beyond just 
the king wanted a divorce. It was, yeah. I mean, the Catholic <laughs> Church, you have to remember, was, was crazy corrupt. Protestantism has come has is a thing now, but there wasn't the, by 1520, I mean, it was brand new. The 95 Theses was like was 1517. Say, yeah. So it's oh, really no, a new thing. There wasn't a sense of Protestantism. But even so, people, but people who agree with Martin Luther and wanted to reform the church still thought of themselves as Catholic, as Robert Pakington did, but he was a rabid reformer. He really hated all the bullshit that the church hierarchy did. I mean, he'd become really just, you know, there was indulgences and just a massively yeah. corrupt institution. There's no, Yikes. Sorry, not, not trying to inflame no. any Catholics out there, but there's no question that the medieval church was insanely corrupt. Yeah, yes. I think they know that now. Yeah, and abused his power horrifically. So, and this kind of thought was bubbling up at the time, and in England, it, it, so again, it went beyond just, people, you know, it wasn't just Henry wanted a divorce. There was a lot of people in England at the time who wanted to reform the, the uh, Catholic Church yeah. and wanted it to be different. So, Robert was part of that. Especially in that merchant class, there's a lot of that thought in the, mer- in the merchant class, a lot of, you know, anti-hierarchy, anti-clericalism. Uh, and, and part of that was from, in 1514, uh, a guy named Robert Hunt, he was a tailor, a merchant tailor, he was accused of heresy. Uh-oh. The reason for that accusal was that he would not pay a church fee for his baby's burial robe. So your baby died. We're going to compound that by give us some money. Oh, Jesus. For his bearer robe, he said, go fuck yourself. The Catholic Church says, uh, I don't think so. So he was arrested, and he was found hung in his cell under very suspicious circumstances. Uh, wow. Um, Epstein. Epstein? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, very much like something like that. Yeah, he's the Epstein of 14. But he wasn't a pedophile, so that's, <laughs> that's dumb. That's as, not, as far as we know. Not, I don't think so. The and and to um, top it off, the authorities then burnt his corpse because Jesus. he committed a crime by not paying that burial fee for his baby that died. Wow. So oh didn't help the church's reputation there from a lot. Especially again, merchants were were there's a lot of merchants in on this reform movement at the time. Yeah, hmm. and they all probably knew each other and worked together, and they were like, "Bitch, you just burned my friend." Yeah, Packington may Packington, sorry, may have known Robert Hunt. It's not clear at the very least he knew of him and was you know in the same circles. Yeah, that's not very nice of you, Mister Catholic. No. Who was it, Pope Clement? I have no idea. Pope. Or maybe one of the 15 misnamed Pope Innocents. <laughs> yeah. Like, you Very know what? True. No one should do that. Pope None Bene, of you are that innocent. Beneviento. I don't know. I'm just making <laughs> <words. laughs> He started writing articles that were, again, very anti-clerical. And, but again, but I stress to point out, he considered himself a Catholic till the day he died and was just trying to make things better. Pakington was elected to Parliament in October of, ni- of I'm sorry, October 1533. <laughs> Re-elected again in 1536, and he then moved his reformism into Parliament and spoke against the church many times quite eloquently. It is wow. sad. Wow, that's probably real controversial. It, you know, it, it was, but again, it wasn't. He, there was yeah. many people like this. He wasn't yeah. like the only guy. He wasn't like the main anti-clerical person by any stretch, and he wasn't doing anything that could get him burnt or or hung either. Be careful. Yeah, you don't always true. have to do something that's worthy of it to get the punishment. That's for sure. He lived at this time in an area of London called Westcheap, which, by the way, <laughs> come on, oh. some city out there, rename yourself Westcheap. 
Yeah. It is now known as Cheap Side, which I'm not sure is much better. <laughs> wow. In fact, I think it's worse. I Where do you live? Love. I, I live on the Cheap Side. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just Cheap Side. Thank you very much. Well, I would say it. That would you? Side, just yes. to make it your sound mm-hmm. even worse, mm-hmm. the, the place you live. Okay. Yep. English yeah, city names. Yeah, take pride. Cheap Side. Yeah. Cheap actually is just the Middle English word for market. So it doesn't mean anything like oh. that. It's just market. West Market, Market hmm. Side, that's all it meant. Because that area of London was like the main like fabric market place of, of the time. And it had been for a long, long time. If you wanted a fabric, that's where you went. They got the people up there. They sell you stuff. You can buy your fabric, your velvet, your wool, your silk, not your cotton. Velvet wasn't a thing yet. Yeah, it was. <gasps> oh, sure it was, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. They had the piles. Yeah. Yeah, we carry around talking about it. I can't remember what, what connection we were talking about. Cotton, how cotton is actually how did they have cotton? semi-new. Yeah. As a mass yeah. textile was really not until the cotton gin. I mean, they had cotton in the 1700s, <laughs> right? But it really became just the big thing in the 1800s. Well, my yeah. question was, did they grow cotton there? And I don't think probably so. Not. I, I, I'm not so, positive, but I think cotton was really became a big thing in the United States in the yeah. South. So I asked about okay. linens and what uh, what did they use for their sheets and their tablecloths and all that kind, kind of, of rough, stuff. But honestly, probably <laughs> <No>. canvas. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I didn't burlap. Their sheets and toilet paper were I canvas. I Google it to see, but toilet paper. You, you know think they, they had. You think they wiped their ass? No. The ladies had hankies and stuff like that. They would have been. Wouldn't they have been made out of I, chiffon? Well, I truly don't they know. Make them silk. out of. Let's go with grass. Silk. You're probably right. Silk. 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 That's why they washed like them and used them over again. They didn't just throw that shit away. Uh. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. You don't Worm. throw away cotton hankies either. I feel like I would. So oh my God. I've <laughs> never used one in my life. You would so. also well, throw away no cotton kidding. diapers. Do it all wrong. <laughs> damn right I would. <laughs> I throw the baby along with it. Ugh, gross. Now we are up to the moment of truth. It's November 13th, 1536. Robert lived, by the way, right across the street from the chapel that the Mercer's Company frequented and had an affiliation with. It's right across the street. So he just had to walk across the street. Sure. Or just a short distance down the street, I believe. So he said bye to his wife, Catherine, and his five children. Too many. And he started to cross the street to go to the chapel. He found, however, that the street had been blocked. A man who was driving a cart was having some kind of a trouble and wasn't moving along, was blocking the street right in front of Robert's house. Robert went up to him and was like, what's going on here? The man turned to Robert and said, are you Robert Pakington? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Robert, you know, he, had, he was a merchant. He was fairly well-known. People knew him. He did business yeah. all, all the time. So he said, yeah. I'm Robert Pakington. Made me thinking, I'm going to make me a sale. Weird coincidence. The man, however, turned back to his cart, which is full of hay, and he kind of leaned into the haystack and pulled something out from under the haystack, turned it around, and fired off a single shot into Robert's head, yeah. killing him instantly. The thing the cartman had pulled out was a wheel lock handgun. Don't know what that is. No. I'll tell you in a second. Okay. Hysteria. It was very loud. So the whole block heard it. Neighbors and bystanders came rushing out. What's going on here? But it was a very misty, foggy morning. So the guy... When is it not over there? It's London. But this was even more... You know, it's a pretty foggy day. So this guy took off into the fog, just left his cart, ran off, and disappeared pretty quickly. 
uh, authorities, it's not police as we would know it now, but authorities came and started talking to these quasi-witnesses, and they gave really conflicting accounts, what he'd, he'd look like, and even which direction he fled in was uncertain. The authorities issued a, quote, great reward, spelled G-R-E-T-R-E-W-A-R-D-E. So, again, spelling was optional. Great reward. That's how you got to say it. <laughs> no one ever claimed that reward, and the man was never discovered who he was. Wow. Boom. The wheel lock handgun, you ask. That was only developed around 1500, and it was weird. It had a big wheel on it, and it was fired a little bit like you would light a cigarette, like a cigarette lighter. You'd pull back on, like you'd spin this wheel against pyrite of, to ignite a spark, and that spark would instantly charge huh. and to send the, gun the bullet. Powder. Yeah, to gunpowder. And, and, so it was a very wow. quick one. You could do it with one hand, oh, which I was unheard of at the time. Other hand, small guns took two hands to get a pack stuff in. It was a process to get those things done. Basically, your guns were one shot, and this was a one shot gun, but it was quicker and it could be done with one hand. It yeah. was much, much easier to use than other you know, semi handguns of the time. Huh. So, therefore, it was kind of considered the, just the perfect weapon to, to do what it was used in this case to murder someone in, in an urban area in close confines. And then to get away really, yeah. really quickly. In fact, it was noticed by other assassins later on, and the wheel lock handgun would be used not too long thereafter to assassinate William the Silent and the Francis Duke of Guise. Well, so, I imagine this would have been a very expensive. You hit weapon. the nail. It was. It was very small too, yeah. by, by the way, so it could easily be hidden. Okay. Yeah, just in a coat or something yeah. like that, which is again also unheard yeah. of. But yes, you're not wrong. It was incredibly expensive. They were they all those things that made them so good meant they were very very expensive. Yeah. They were yeah. very tough to to make. Expert blacksmith. What would make that gunsmith? gunsmith. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Only expert gunsmiths can make them, and even then, they were known to be you know they they could malfunction. Wow, and be dangerous. But if they're made well, they were extremely efficient, useful weapons and in this case it worked all too perfectly well so you're you know why what's going on here john i'll just i'll do this real quickly but john bale he was a protestant reformer he thought that he was murdered by a conspiracy of conservative catholics who wanted this reformer silence it was essentially an assassination yeah some people thought that it was an italian who'd been hired to do oh, it no. as the assassin. The reason was because <laughs> Italian gunsmiths were the best in Europe at the time. Uh, so they thought maybe he brought the gun from Italy and you know that, w- that would make an Italian assassin. The counter-argument to this is that Robert Wheeler wasn't that different. Other people were, were saying what he was saying. He wasn't uh, the big cheese yeah. in the anti-clerical movement that much, but it's, it's not impossible. Clearly, though, the death was it was an, it was an assassination. Yeah. There's no question. For sure. It was planning. They, <laughs> they, they appeared to have planned on the day. It's a good day. It's going to be nice and foggy. They must have known his schedule yeah. when he would come out to go to church. They spent a lot of money to get this weapon or get someone who did have this weapon. 
And also apparently a cart that yeah. they can just abandon. Yeah. They set up a cart that yeah, that's true, but they set up a cart as a an obvious a, 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 a way a to stop him yeah. and to find out his identity and have him in, in, stopped right in front of you by blocking the street right in front of his house with his car. There's all mm. this pure premeditation. This was an assassination. Yep. Some people think it's because of money. He was actually very wealthy. He left a fortune of 300 pounds. Yeah, but I mean... Some serious cash. What? Does that mean like one of his kids... That or no one, like that. I don't know. I the sources I read yeah. don't just say, "Oh, but he's rich, so maybe it's something to do with that." Well, what then exactly? He would gain, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, it seems I don't know. I think most likely it has something to do with his politics, works, his, his politics slash religious beliefs yeah. or anti-religious beliefs. The reason mm-hmm. I'm telling you about this whole thing, though, is Robert Pakington was the first person yeah. murdered by a handgun. Oh. Some sources say I was the first person oh. in England. I cannot find an earlier handgun murder of this sort. I mean, like, like think of it as a as a what we now think of as a horrifically everyday occurrence yeah. of someone on a street killing someone with a handgun. He yeah. was the first. He was the worst first. Not a first you want to be, but he was the first. He's not the last though. In 2019, almost 40,000 people in the United States were killed by handguns. 24,000 of those were suicides. Over 14,000, either 400 or 800 were murders. So nearly 14 to 15,000 people, depending on the source, just a couple of years ago, were murdered in the United States alone by handguns. There are also 115,000 non-fatal firearm injuries in the U.S. every single year. Do you have worldwide statistics? I don't, but I have some comparisons for you. Okay. Killings that involved a gun accounted for nearly three quarters of all homicides in the U.S. Jesus. In 2019. Mm-hmm. So three quarters of all, it's 73%. By way of comparison, Canada's same number was 39%. Australia's was 22%. England and Wales is 4%. So 4% of murders wow. in England and Wales are by handguns compared to 73% in the United States. Okay. How many murders do they have? Not you know as many. I, mean? I don't have that stats in front of me, but but I've I've seen those in the past and a, a tiny fraction. Because yeah. people yeah. always yeah. say, well, if we don't have guns, then That's, you know no. they'll just stab you, or they'll you know. No, they won't just stab you. It's a I mean lot they probably will. Yeah, they will, but, but you won't die. Yeah, yeah, likely. Are, are you? You're much less likely to. Yeah. The um, top tens of uh, gun owning countries is the U.S. The U.S. has 120.5 firearms per 100 residents. You heard that right. Yikes. More than one per person on average. I and, hate that. That's and insane. Per resident, every man, woman, and child. Uh, the, the data I'm looking at here is um, is says per resident. Yeah. Well, children are residents, so yeah. that's Ye- disgusting. Yemen has 15.8, and they're in a horrific civil war for the last many decades. Serbia, 39. <sighs> not exactly a not violent place. I mean, it's just no country com- comes close to our level of gun ownership. Gun, and again, as I mentioned before, the majority of gun deaths are actually suicide. Yeah. yeah. So who are you protecting whom from there? Yeah. Everyone. And, and of course, obviously, you know, mass shootings are becoming more and more deadly and more and more frequent, more and more common in the U.S. And depends on, in terms of public opinion, it just depends on, on what poll when you take it. But generally speaking, most people are in favor of sensible, rational, stricter gun control laws. But every year, the pro-gun lobby outspends the pro-gun control lobby massively. It's that's starting to change a little bit, in part because of Michael Bloomberg, but this yeah. still is, is a massive. And the NRA has had some financial problems recently, hey, but there's plenty of money coming from Putin to, to help out. So right now, only 
uh, very, very few states have uh, assault weapons bans. It's just basically California, New York, Virginia, and a few other states in the Northeast, and that's that have a bans on assault. Every other state, you can have an AK-47, an AR-15, whatever you want. Catch up. And this shows no sign of anything good, I mean, happening anytime soon. We, I, we have a mass shooting, uh, what, honestly, more than one a week. Yeah. Every, every other day, there's another mass shooting. We took a little break in 2020 for the global pandemic, but... A I little assume. bit, but it's escalated this year. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's I nonstop. You, just, yeah. you, you see it all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's what I call the worst first. It was the first time someone Ooh. was killed by a handgun, and poor Robert Pankington yeah. had to be that. He's bad famous. He's unfortunate famous. Yeah. Well, I don't know how famous he is. Yeah, I never <laughs> he's heard, actually, he's he's ever not, heard of him. He's not super <laughs> widely known, but in England, he is a little bit, a little bit more well-known as the first person in England, at least, killed by a handgun. Yeah. Well, who's the first person in America killed uh, by a handgun? I don't know. I Susie briefly, <laughs> I briefly, I, I didn't pursue that. I, I, I briefly took the source. I didn't find anything very quickly. But yeah. So we had to record, so. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Know. Yeah. That's the story. We told you it's a weird bit, and it really was for one of the first. <laughs> <laughs> one of those weird bits that didn't go into a weird episode. Edition. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Thanks for listening. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Any sense whatsoever. Okay, Goodbye. bye. Bye.